the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, we shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel, Defender of Zion. Shalom. This past week we celebrated the holiday of Purim from the book of Esther. There are many things we can learn from this story, both practically and prophetically. First, let's pray. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King. We come to you, Lord, with a heavy heart. A heavy heart as we pray for Ukraine. And we pray for the world's situation. And we pray, Father, for our own country and our response. And we ask, O Lord, that you would intervene with the power of your Spirit. Lord, send revival so that everybody would be focused on you instead of their own wants, their own gains. So, Lord, we pray in the name of Yeshua for your power to be throughout our land, throughout the world, throughout Israel. Lord, give wisdom to the leaders and let them not want war. We pray that Russia would not want war and China and North Korea and Iran. And, Lord, I pray that we would not do business with countries that want war. So, Lord, pour out your spirit. We thank you, we praise you, and we pray for this teaching, Lord, that it would be from you. We bless you in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Well, um, first of all, I want to thank everybody who supports us with prayers, with emails, letters, and your finances. And just a reminder, you can hear my messages at heartofmessiah.org. And if you'd like to partner with us, you can donate at there at heartofmessiah.org or call Karen at 813-831-5673. You know, my heart, as you can hear from my prayer, is heavy concerning Ukraine. We have a Messianic rabbi friend who is in touch with Messianic rabbis in Ukraine on a daily basis. There are 23 Messianic congregations in Ukraine. If you'd like to give finances to Jewish believers in the Ukraine and the refugees, join us. In the past two weeks, Shoresh David has sent $20,000, and we will be sending more. If you would like to give, join us, please. Uh, go to our website or call Karen 
at 813-831-5673. Our website would be Shoresh, S-H-O-R-E-S-H, david.org. You'll see, go to Donate, and uh, you'll see something specifically to check off for the Ukraine. Look, the people of Ukraine need our help, and how much more do the 23 Messianic congregations in the Ukraine need our help? Just a reminder that we have services on Friday night and Saturday. Check our website to see times and locations. Uh, We love visitors. We love children. Bring the whole family. Bring Jewish people who don't know the Lord. This last week we had one of our congregants' parents accept Yeshua as their Messiah. We're very excited about what God is doing, so please join us. And also, Passover will be here in a month. We'd love for you to join us, not only for Passover, which you can sign up for, uh, though it will be on Sunday afternoon, which I guess is Easter Sunday. But um, So you'll have to take your pick. But uh, we'd love to have you. We also would love to teach at your church or your uh, Bible study or your fellowship. And so if you'd call... We'd love to come out. We're going, uh, in a few weeks, I'll be going to one of the Christian schools around and, and teaching about Passover. So we'd love, for those kinds of events, they're, they're always a blessing. So for more information, call 813-831-5673. You can always reach me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. So the story of Purim from the Book of Esther is all about being under persecution and not allowing it to bring you physically or emotionally down. We are victorious. Amen. So a little history of Purim. Uh, Purim's about the physical salvation of the Jewish people. Purim takes place uh, between the times of the two temples, approximately 358 years before the common era or the birth of Yeshua. And the Persian king Cyrus I gave permission to the Jews to return to Israel and to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. But not all left. And after Cyrus died, Ahasuerus, in a dramatic power struggle, took over the kingdom. He was really a cruel man, and, and he took for his wife, Vashti, the daughter of Nebuchadnezzar, the former king of Babylon. And it was Nebuchadnezzar who was responsible for the destruction of the temple and the exile of the Jews from their land. So in chapter 1, King Ahasuerus throws this party, and it's like a six-month celebration in the third year of his reign, and Queen Vashti refuses the king's request to display her beauty in front of the guests. So the king's advisors counseled that Vashi be replaced with a new queen. And so chapter 2 is all about finding that new queen. They go across the Persian Empire. They identify the beautiful candidates. And one of them was a Jewish girl, Esther, who was brought into Persia. And we see in Esther 2, verse 7, Mordecai is raising Esther and Mordecai's uncle's daughter. And so Mordecai tells Esther to conceal her identity when she's in this, uh, you know, in front of the people uh, there. And and uh, 
This is during a six months of beauty treatment before the king even chooses the queen. And Esther's chosen to be queen. And Mordecai, uh, after that, learns about a plot to overthrow the king. He tells Esther. Esther tells the king, and the plotters are hanged. Well, in chapter 3, there's the rise of Haman, which traditionally, when you hear his name, we go, boo, (laughs) to be his prime minister, and all bow in homage to Haman, except for Mordecai. Well, Mordecai doesn't believe in bowing before a man, but just God. So Haman vows to kill him and all the Jews when he finds out he's a Jew, since, uh, and that's really another form of, of course, anti-Semitism, which is alive and well today as too. But uh, the people are still blaming Jews for life's difficulties. Haman gets permission from the king to destroy all the Jews. And through a lottery, the 13th of Vidar was chosen to kill all the Jews and take their possessions. That's how we get the name of this holiday, Purim. You see, Purim is named because of the word poor, um, P-U-R, referring to a lottery. Uh, Haman, angered by Mordecai's refusal to bow down to him, decides to destroy the entire Jewish people, and a poor, a lottery, a lottery was used to select which day and which month. So in chapter 4, Esther's mission becomes really clear as Mordecai hears about Haman's evil plot. He uh, tears his clothes, puts on sackcloth and ashes as a sign of a public mourning, and he sends a copy of the decree to Esther. And uh, he asks Esther to intercede with the king. Well, traditionally, as, as Esther replies, you know, to approach the king without being summoned, you risk death, death. But Mordecai tells her that there's no choice. And Esther says famously in chapter 4, verse 13, Uh, Do not, uh, well, first of all, Mordecai says to Esther, do not think in your soul that you will escape in the king's household more than all the Jews. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Who knows whether you have attained royal status for such a time as this. So Esther sent this to uh, reply to Mordecai, go gather together all the Jews who are in Shushan and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days or nights. My maids and I will fast in the same way. Afterwards, I will go to the king, even though it is not according to the law. So if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai left and did all that Esther commanded him. They were accountable to each other. I love this part, that there is so much accountability in this story between them. And Esther tells Mordecai to ask the Jews to fast for three days before she approaches the king. And the interesting thing about this book, in the entire book of Esther, God is not mentioned in the book. Prayer is not mentioned in the book. But God and prayer seem to be all throughout the story. It would be unlikely that they fasted and didn't pray. It would be unlikely that they fasted without the knowledge and dependency on going to God. So we go to chapter 5. King Ahasuerus receives Esther and grants her virtually any request she has. And 
her request is that they have a banquet together with Haman. So after the banquet, uh, Haman sees Mordecai, who once again refuses to bow. When uh, Zeresh, uh, Haman's wife, suggests that Mordecai be hanged, the gallows are prepared. And in chapter 6, the king can't sleep, asks to read the royal book, the Chronicles, and he learns about the, again, he's reminded actually, about the assassination plot that Mordecai had revealed. And so Mordecai was never honored. So he tells Haman to honor Mordecai by dressing him in royal garments. you got to believe that Haman was not a happy man to have to honor Mordecai, the one guy who wouldn't bow down to him. And so he dressed him in royal garments, placed him on a royal stallion, and to personally, he led them through the streets of Shushan, uh, the capital of Persia. So, verse 7, at the second banquet, Esther reveals her identity and announces that she and her people are about to be murdered. Esther identifies Haman as the one who was responsible the king has Haman hung on the gallows instead of Mordecai. And in chapter 8, the reversal is complete. Mordecai is named prime minister. And a second royal edict is declared, empowering the Jews to fight and kill anyone who would try and harm them. So the last chapter in the book, the holiday of Purim, uh, talks about the uh, celebrating of um, the of the day of Purim, the 10 sons of Haman were hung. And uh, so there was a two-day holiday declared, and Mordecai indicates the Purim practices, which were to be having a festive meal, exchanging of gifts of food, and giving gifts to the poor. So I think this is a fantastic way that people are to rejoice about God's salvation. Fellowship, giving gifts of food, and giving to the poor. And you know, the the whole holiday of Purim is not a holy day. It's not a Leviticus 23 day, but it is said to celebrate each year. And so we do that. And certainly it's also a reminder of the persecution that we go through as Jewish people, God's chosen people, and obviously Satan's enemy. Now, the story of Purim teaches us so much. It teaches us about faithfulness, accountability, courage, action, faith, and and much more. Now, the body of believers now more than ever must learn these characteristics as they align themselves with Israel and God's word, because now anti-Semitism is joined by anti-biblical values. We have become Satan's enemies. And so whether you're a Christian or a Messianic Jew, uh, you are probably under some sort of attack. And the more you do, probably the greater attack. Bible believers are, are just under attack. Last year at this time, Congress introduced something called the Equality Act. If it comes up again this year, be against it. It, it passed the House, but it never passed the Senate. And at that time, Matt Staver, who's founder of Liberty Council, which advances religious freedom, sanctity of human life, family, responsible government, national security, and 
support for Israel and at the federal, state, and local levels. And this is what Matt Staver said about the Equality Act. He said the so-called Equality Act will devastate Christian schools from pre-K through college. Noncompliant schools will lose tax exemption, including federal, state, and property, and accreditation. The loss of accreditation will be the death of most Christian colleges and universities. Even Representative Louis Gohmert, who's a a representative from Texas, said this eviscerates the First Amendment. It guts thousands of years of religious beliefs. This will mean the end of America as we know it. In addition to throwing out religious freedom, this bill will be a nightmare to parents and children. So as I mentioned, the Equality Act introduced in 2021 passed by the House but is not law yet, would make abortion through all nine months a federal right. And basically, we would be legislating to accept abortion and the LGBT lifestyle as right and normal, and and it'll be enforced by the federal government. Even without this law being passed, we've seen some of its intentions already put in practice that persecutes us and our beliefs, like, for instance, transgenders competing in women's sports. Not only is it unfair to women, but the issue is that it is not godly. And making biblical values seem intolerant and being labeled as hate crimes, removing freedom of speech if you don't agree with abortion or LGBT. We're seeing this in Not only our own country, we're seeing this in Canada. We're seeing this in Finland, of all places, in Australia. What is going on? We need to rise up and stand up for our freedoms here in this country. We must learn from the story of Purim. 2 Timothy 3.12, it says, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Messiah Yeshua will be persecuted. But you know what? It's how we react to the persecution that is important. When you carry the truth with you and desire to live it, persecution will follow. But you have to decide if you're going to rejoice or be bitter. Rejoice and go forward. Focus on solutions, not problems. We we know from Scripture that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Romans 8, 28, do you believe this? Are you called according to his purpose? The story of Esther is about a king who wants to display the glory of his bride. She is the crown jewel of his kingdom. The story of Purim shadows things to come. Yeshua is calling his bride to display her beauty to the world. Yeshua is returning for a beautiful bride. Will you and I be that beautiful bride? God uses Esther to, for, to save the Jewish people from destruction. She's likened to the, the body of Messiah who also has a role in the salvation of people. Esther has such a godly character. We need to be godly. During the six months of preparation for the king, Esther found favor with Haggai. He was the guardian of the women and, receive, and, and so Esther received special treatment because she had his favor. And later she received it with the king. Listen to what it says in Esther 2.15. 
when the when the turn came for Esther, the daughter of Abihel, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her as his daughter to go to the king, she did not ask for anything except what Haggai, the king's eunuch, the guardian of the women, advised. And Esther won favor in the eyes of all who saw her. She was humble and accountable. When Mordecai told her not to disclose her lineage, we we also see humble and accountable. When it was her turn before the king, she took Haggai's advice rather than asking for her own desires. Esther's humility gave her favor with everyone she met. Later, she is willing to give up her life to approach the king if it meant that she could save her people. And she declares that three-day fast, and it's a time to depend on God for results. Esther was used, and the question is, are you going to be used? Are you going to have a similar character and purpose to Esther? God has called us, as unlikely as it might seem, to prepare the way for King Messiah's return. We will receive favor from God as we display his character of love and humility, and even man will give us favor. Romans 11 we're to make the Jews jealous because of our relationship with Yeshua. Romans 1.16, we're not to be ashamed of the good news. It's the power uh, of God for salvation to everyone who trusts to the Jew first, also to the Greek. And we are to obey and respond. We will be like Vashti and decide we don't want to be on display Is that going to be our attitude, or will we be like Esther, submissive, humble, accountable, yet a person with courage and somebody who is willing to act? Do we want to honor the real king, the king of kings? Vashti had everything but lost it because she did not respect the king's authority. Like Vashti, we have been put in a high position by God, and in a sense, living in the United States, we have been given everything. Yet there are many reasons we give for our lackluster behavior. Esther was picked by the king. We have been picked by the king. Esther was obedient. Will we be obedient? Well, there are a number of scriptures about persecution, and and Matthew 5 and 2 Timothy uh, 2, 1 1 through 4, it Part of it says, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Messiah Yeshua. No one serving as a soldier entangles himself in the activities of everyday life so that he might please the one who enlisted him. We are soldiers of the Lord. We are soldiers. And and I'll tell you what, as soldiers of the Lord, you can join us on Tuesday evenings on Facebook Live and pray with us. That's part of being a soldier for the Lord. Or you can come to the South Tampa Synagogue and, and pray with us in person. But we want to increase the numbers of people who are praying. That's part of what we are to do. But we're also to act in, in ways that will make a difference that uh, that our, our politicians will hear us and and so it's really important very important that we be active so luke 18:8 says when the son of man comes will he find faith on this earth and and purim is a time where we apply our works 
to the faith that we have. We have to honor our king with our obedience and put faith and obedience together, right? And uh, so I pray uh, that you will do that. So join us for prayer Tuesday evening, 6.30 to 7.30. If you'd like to uh, give money to Ukraine, um, the Messianic Jews there, go to our Shoresh David website, click contributions, go to where it says Ukraine. It'll be very simple to do. Please invite us to your Bible study or your church so we can give a teaching on Passover and other things related. We love visitors, so please come. So let's close in prayer. Father, I just thank you and praise you for our listeners. I pray that they will truly be an army for you. And I pray that all those who are listening will grow in their desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. And I pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.